0: podcasting from hartford you're listening to the connecticut scoreboard podcast your place for all things connecticut sports and here is your host jared cutler this episode is brought to you by the boneyard huskies club the boneyard huskies club empowers athletes while providing uconn fans with access to exclusive community utility and rewards the boneyard huskies club is excited to announce that the next collection of student-athlete collectibles, which grant club membership privileges, will feature UConn men's basketball players and just dropped on January 27th, 2023. For more information and to be a part of the club, go to club.com. That's Huskies with a Y-Z at the end. BoneyardHuskiesClub.com. Back for uh, another week here, we've, we've got Alex Caravan joining us. So, Alex, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you once again. Thank yeah, you. At- Absolutely. So I know we've uh, had a little bit of a, a roller coaster the past couple of weeks here since we, we last spoke. Take me through fr- from your perspective what the past couple of weeks have been like, because you had some highs in both the Seton Hall and the Xavier games, some lows in those games, beat up on Butler. So it, it seems like this team has shown signs of, of getting back to what it could be. But what's it been like kind of going through some of these ups and downs here? Yeah,
1: um, it's difficult because seton hall i'd say was definitely the lowest of lows and then um we go to butler and just absolutely kill them and it's like all right we, we're back to like where we were and then the first half of xavier was like what the hell happened <laughs> and then the second half was a different story like all right we're kind of back to ourselves again so it's frustrating in a sense because we're trying to escape out of hell in a sense like yeah. trying to get back to our own self, but. And at the same time, it's like we know what we're capable of and we've shown it against Butler in the second half of Xavier. We just gotta be able to piece it together now.
0: What was it like, you know, big big time crowd at at Gamble the other night for Xavier? Um and, and it's a tough first half there. What what's the mood like during that first half as you guys are trying to think about how you might be able to get back into this game?
1: Yeah, I think the mood is just to have our confidence high still. I mean we're playing against a top 10 team, so if we were down on ourselves and kind of just kept taking the beatings, then it could have been a 30-point loss. So we just had to keep our um, hopes high, keep our confidence high, and just have trust in one another. And um, those huddles during the immediate timeouts and, all, and um, free throw huddles were um, crucial for us to uh, kind of start getting us back on track and um, start chipping away a little.
0: What was the plan and talked about, you know, in the locker room at halftime that kind of had you guys flip the switch a little bit in that second half? I know went and played some zone defense and switched things up a little bit that way. Um, what what do you think made some of the differences in the second half there?
1: Uh, just how aggressive we were. The pressure really got after them. And um, first half, we were soft defensively. We were kind of letting them get catches wherever, not really pressuring the ball, letting them get into pain too much. And in the second half, we really turned up the pressure. I mean, they have they have a great point guard and Boom, but then other than that, they didn't really have many other ball handlers who could bring it up against pressure. So we really wanted to start um, forcing them into pressure traps, get steals, play a little bit of zone because when watching their um, their loss against DePaul, they kind of struggled against the zone. So we wanted to switch it up on them and just keep changing defenses against them since. Their offense, I think it's top five, well-deserved yeah. to be a top five offense. So, I mean, we just had to keep switching up, keep um, messing with them on the pace and um, get the out of get them out of their rhythm to um, hopefully slow down their offense.
0: I, I know no one's looking for, for moral victories here, but are you able to take away some positives from that second half there, especially during what's been a, a tougher stretch for the team here and use that second half to build for th- – you know, the kind of this home stretch here.
1: Yeah, I'd say uh we could mostly take out of this just our fight. Um, that second half fight that we had and um how we're not gonna go away no matter what the lead is. So I think that was the biggest takeaway from us in that loss and um just seeing us fight for Coach Hurley, fight for each other and really just come up pretty short again is frustrating again, but um at least we know the fight's there.
0: How tough it? I mean, I think the toughest part, in my opinion, looking at that second half, you guys make the huge comeback, then get back down eleven, and then make the comeback yet again. <laughs> How tough is that? Because it almost seems like you get back down double digits again, and it could be pretty easy to just feel like you know, throw in the towel. Like we, we gave it our effort, but you guys didn't, and kept going.
1: No, that was that was very tough because I I remember that clearly. Because they even. Even in the beginning of the second half, they kind of extended their lead out to like seventeen at one point, which was like, damn, like kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of gut wrenching. And then we came back, like you said, and they, they, they extended their lead again. So we, we knew um, they would eventually have their run in the second half. They're, they're a good enough team to respond. So we just kept saying, we know they're going to have their run. We got to try to respond back, just kind of how they responded to our run. And then we did that, got it to, I remember, like 73-72. And then um, it was just a tight game from there. So it's, it was definitely um, hard for us, but um, we knew we were more than
0: capable of doing it. I, I know when people who have been you know, watching these games from the outside, the commentators and stuff like that, have talked about getting a little bit more guard playing it seems like tristan in particular has really kind of picked things up these, these past few games what have you seen out of him that's kind of been different you know these past couple of games
1: he's more aggressive that's i think that's the um the first thing i see right away he's more aggressive he's looking to score more he's looking he's a great pass for his point guard but um when he's looking to score more and be ultra aggressive it really ignites our offense to another level so he's getting downhill more He's um, looking for a shot more, and um, he's still being uh, smart with all his moves and stuff. So if he doesn't have a shot, he'll still pass and play within the offense. But I'd say getting him downhill and putting that pain pressure to have more pain pressure from our guards besides having pain pressure from Andre and um, Adama and Donovan is um, key for us.
0: I'm going to take a quick break from the interview to tell you about my friends at Martin Rosol's Meets. This fourth-generation Connecticut family business produces kielbasa, hot dogs, sausages, and deli meats using Martin Rosal's very own original recipes. Their products can be found in grocery stores, delis, restaurants, and hot dog stands throughout the state. And if you're looking for your fill right away, check out their retail store in New Britain. For more information, visit martinrossellsinc.com and go support a UConn fan-owned business. And now, back to the interview. What's it like being on the court when... It seemed like in that second half, there was a stretch there where Jordan coming off those screens like he couldn't miss, like everything <laughs> was was going in. What What's it like being a, a part of something like that? Because, I mean, he, he's got to have one of the quickest triggers uh, with his shot that, that I've seen in a while.
1: Oh, he's got the best jump shot I've, I've with someone I've ever played with. Um, his shot's amazing. But um See, I did not know how I felt because I I'm I see it every day in practice. And like that's it wasn't it wasn't the first time that's happened. So um I wasn't shocked when it was happening. We just kept telling them if you're open, you better shoot it or else we're not passing it to you again. (laughs) So um no, but when he's in that zone, he's practically unguardable. At least he got a respect his shot and then he's capable of putting it on the deck too. So um it's special it's special when he gets in that zone.
0: I've been going to games for a while, and I think that crowd probably had to be the loudest I've ever heard Gamble. I mean, that place was just, like, ready to blow the roof off at, at any point. Mm-hmm. You guys feel that energy? I, I mean, I feel like there was one point, like, Coach Hurley came, like, running off the sideline, like, with his hands waving and everything to, like, mid-court out of one of those timeouts, and the place just went nuts. So what mm-hmm. was it like uh, being part of a game like that?
1: Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing because we wanted to take it all in, but then we were running back on defense having a hard time talking to each other. That's <laughs> the only problem with gamble, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it gets so loud that we can't communicate with each other on defense sometimes. So it happened a couple times. We thought we were in a two, three or whatever when we were in man and um but we'll we'll gladly have that problem. I mean, if that's our problem, then I'm not worried about it at all. So it's definitely electric in there. I love playing in Gamble and um I remember that that night was just extremely loud, <laughs> extremely loud.
0: I know, I know, uh, coach Hurley's the guy who, who loves his, his man defense. So what's it been like transitioning and playing a little bit of zone, whether it's, you know, the one, three, one, two, three zone, um, seems like throwing a little bit more out there now on defense.
1: Yeah, I like it. I mean, it gives, gives us another look, gives teams another, um, more scouting they got to be prepared better so they see the 131 they got to work on it before they play us now and stuff so kind of allows our man defense to be more effective and they don't really know what's going to come now so um but I think I think it's good just to give teams a different look to slow down their pace get get them out of rhythm and um, I think it was really effective
0: is it weird going from a time where you're playing maybe two games, uh, maybe even three a, a week to now having a, a few days off, like close to a week off now in between these uh between the Xavier and now the game you've got at DePaul.
1: I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I just want to play. I can't. I hate this. But um in a sense, we needed the rest. We we started some some games we looked tired and um yeah, we just looked tired in some games. So it's nice to have the rest. I'll definitely take the rest, but I'd rather be playing three yeah. games a week than win, win. a <laughs> week.
0: So you, you go to DePaul and, and then you've got Georgetown later on in the week. I, I know this team has had some trouble on the road. Are you guys excited to get to get back out on the road and, and maybe show what you can do in these uh, road games at uh, DePaul and Georgetown? Yes, <laughs> we need <laughs> we need road wins so badly. Yeah i don't care who
1: it's against if we can win road games that's only going to prepare us more for march and Big East 20. so we need these wins and even in general we just need these wins to start gaining momentum if we can win against DePaul, paul win against georgetown we'll have a very good marquette team coming in so um
0: yeah
1: if we can start gaining those wins and start getting back on track they'll be important but it's an important win in general then It's just better that it's a road game too, so we'll need it.
0: I've gotta go. I gotta ask. Going in Chicago, you ever had deep dish pizza? Are you deep dish pizza guy?
1: I have, I have. (laughs) Very good. I had. I went um, on a visit to another school that's in Chicago, and um. I had some of the deep dish pizza. It's, it's good. It's good.
0: Right. Just don't eat any before the game. Uh, no.
1: <laughs> after. The, I think we might have it after the game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you go on these road games, I mean, just, even something as simple as getting like deep dish pizza, do you get to like enjoy any of like being on the road and being in, in a new city at all? Um,
1: no. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to say no. We don't really get to... Our... <laughs> explore the city or any of that like the best thing we might have like before games like usually when we land we might go to like a steakhouse or something so okay those i would say that's the best part of the road trip but like going to chicago and exploring seeing what they got there oh, we a week yeah. that. all right
0: you, you'll get your pizza afterwards yeah, then. Exactly. uh oh, hopefully hopefully be a victory uh pizza there since you <laughs> since um you know, since the last game, what have been some of the keys that you guys are, are working on to getting back into those winning ways where, you know, you might have had some more success earlier on in the season?
1: Yeah, I'd say, of course, our defense. That's definitely number one for us right now. But then other than defense, I'd say offensively, just kind of playing off each other, not really having set plays where teams have scouted us and just have guarded them very well. So kind of playing free more. Um just reading off each other and just kind of learning um, what this player might like to do and how to react to that and um, all the different cuts and all that stuff that we could do. But then um, just bringing up our uh, bigs a little more, they've been kind of getting limited touches around the rim at times. So just getting them a couple more opportunities.
0: I know uh, when it, when it was back and we haven't talked since the Seton Hall game, what was it like having someone other than coach Hurley uh, leading the way (laughs) on the sidelines there? It was,
1: it was a little weird. I mean, Coach Murray and Coach Moore, they did a fantastic job for the game. And yeah. um, I really wanted to get that win for them. And, of course, for Coach Hurley and Coach Young, who were watching. But um, it felt a little weird because you were looking out at the sideline. You see seeing Coach Murray coaching us. which He does <laughs> at practice. But, like, in a game, it was like, oh, wow. this is kind yeah. of different. <laughs> And then shoot around not having him around and film not having him around. It was just – it it was a little weird, but um, when it got to the game, we felt we felt prepared, and um, yeah, we just felt prepared. But it, it was a little weird.
0: What what do you think it was like uh, at Coach Hurley's house as he uh, had to sit and watch that game on Ooh. TV?
1: First half, he was probably jumping with joy, you know, <laughs> cheering. Probably having a nice drink in the first <laughs> half, and then second half. I can only imagine what happened in the second half. He probably standing yelling at the TV, <laughs> um, mad, mad at how we're playing. Probably didn't talk to his wife the whole time, but I mean, that's, that's what you get from him. That's why he's yeah. a great coach.
0: Was it weird when he came back in the Butler game with the, with the on and having to coach through that? Like, is it hard to hear him while he's doing that?
1: It was very hard to hear him. And like, He'll like, if it's like loud, sometimes he'll like mouth us to play and stuff. And like, he couldn't even do that. So (laughs) so it was weird. It was very weird the whole time. And, um, I never played. I I wasn't even here when, um, the COVID year happened. So I I couldn't imagine. Like, But, um, yeah, we couldn't really hear him or see what he wanted to say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to wrap with this one. And, um, I know coach Charlie mentioned in one of his press conferences and when times have gotten tough, you know, sometimes you guys get a little bit much on social media and things like that. What's it been like when these times <laughs> have been tough and are you able to just kind of push the noise aside? I mean, I think it's a good conversation to have because I think people who, no, who yeah, watch, no, watch no. and listen to this might not necessarily think when they fire off a tweet or, hopefully, no, no, no. hopefully <laughs> no one's like instagram dming you like bad stuff but i i know i know that happens and <laughs> I, I think it's important to bring that up
1: no yeah so i'd say with my experience with the social media stuff the ex what our first loss was xavier and then the providence one i think it was an eye-opening one for me i was like wow this is yeah the yukon nation takes losses seriously here <laughs> and um but like i pushed it to the side and um at least for me, I try not to use social media as much anymore. I try to yeah. use, tw- um, not use Twitter, not look at Instagram at all, really just stick to my small circle of friends and family. But um, it can affect us in a sense. I mean, if you are scrolling on Twitter and, like, you see your last name and, like, Yukon fans, some Yukon fan who's not at practice knowing what's happening yeah. say this stuff that's, like, You know we're not really trying to do that but you know you can you can say what you want but that's not what we're trying to do but um yeah we appreciate their opinions but i think as a team we've gotten to the point where we just stay within our small circle and um we love them to death but we listen to you know the coaches our family and um i don't know if it affects our team mentally or confidence wise but um i don't know it can be tough at times but at least for for speaking for myself i try to stay away from it
0: yeah no, and uh just another reminder to the fans out there i know everyone takes this stuff uh, (laughs) seriously everyone lives and dies with this it seems like we love
1: love you guys but sometimes (laughs) let's let's bring it back a (laughs) notch we'll just say that
0: no a a good message and and i i do i do have about one last one because we are brought to you by the boneyard huskies club i know they just dropped the uh nfts again so uh yes. give, give a shout out you you like your avatar and all that stuff that comes with the nft i love my avatar <laughs> my avatar is another sidekick now so go ahead <laughs> if you want to get him go ahead there we go there we go alex well as always uh appreciate the time and uh thanks so much for coming on good luck on the road and uh Can't believe it's already going to be February. It's kind of crazy how how quick this season has gone. So fast. It's been going by way too fast. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've got a lot left uh, and uh, hopefully uh, a lot left in the tank. So Alex, again, thanks so much and we'll talk soon.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod the host, at Jared Kotler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.